What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wise Women Podcast, where we're wild with wisdom from all walks of life. I'm Jennifer Brienne, and I serve as your podcast host to bring godly wisdom to your world. It's Wednesday, so you already know what that means. It is time to wise up. Let's talk wise, be wise, so that we can live wise. All right, well, Jennifer, I am so excited to chat with you today. For our friends who are listening, we are essentially having like a coffee chat. We're chatting together and we're going to let you listen in. And so as we start off, we will both take a moment to introduce ourselves and then we'll just kind of dive in. And so uh, Jennifer, do you want to start? Sure, I absolutely will. Thank you so much. Um, As she said, my name is Jennifer, Jennifer Brian. I did get married a year ago, so you might be seeing Jennifer Curtis. However, that is my name. Um, <laughs> I am the founder of Pins of Prison Ministry. What we do is we serve prisoners in the form of writing. We serve with the mission of life, hope, salvation, and prayers through the forms of written correspondence, books, letters, cards. You know, we do holidays and we do a monthly Bible study. I'm also an international author. I'm a podcaster as well, just like her. So I have a lot of things going on. And she's experienced that. (laughs) But that's me in a nutshell. I just, I love Jesus and I like to help those who are hurting, those who are specifically lost, broken, captive, and bound. Those are the people that I am most called to. My name is Carrie Bartis and I am the founder of Love Does That, where I work as a spiritual director for women who are grieving and hurting. And really, we just walk together for a while and we try to recognize God's presence in their life and especially in their pain. I know sometimes when you're going through those hard seasons, it's hard to find him. It's hard to sense his presence with you. And so uh, we walk together for seasons and we try to sense his presence and how he's working in their lives. I also have a podcast uh, and this will be a shared podcast episode. So you are going to hear it on both of our podcasts. Mine's called Let's Encourage One Another. Jennifer, what's yours called? It's called Wise Women Podcast. Yes. So if you're coming from one or the other, be sure to check the other one out. We would love just to share our heart and mission with you. But today specifically, we are talking about walking with those who are hurting and what it looks like to show them care and compassion. And so why is this so important to you, Jennifer? Why is it a passion for you? It's a passion for me because a lot of people don't understand that when someone's in a position of being hurting, hurting, they're broken, they're lost, any of that type of pain, it could really be anything that they don't really have the capacity to reach out, right? Like they don't have it within themselves. They don't have the energy. They don't have the strength. And then you're, you're getting into deeper um, ideologies of if they trust you, if you can be consistent. And so it's easier, so much easier for those of us who are stronger, who are in a more healthy space, who aren't going through the hardships of life as immediately to just reach out and be available for them. I like to think about it like a revolving door. Like you allow people to come in and out as they so please. And they know that no matter what, that door is always open. I mean, Jesus' whole mission was to help those who were hurt, who were lost. And some of us have a a more tender heart for those. Um, And I believe that that's a divine call. I mean, I believe that we need people. Even in biblical times, there were people who were called mourners. They went and, and cried with the people who were mourning those that lost a loved one. And we have a direct command from the Bible that says to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. It's not the fun work. It's not the easy work, but it is very, very, very impactful. So that's why it's so meaningful to me. Yeah. I think one of the things, one of the the callings and burdens that God has laid on me is that I don't want anyone to go through those difficult seasons alone Mm because I know what that's like. I know what it's like to try to face a hardship on your own. And I was just talking with someone the other day who, who was actually in that place where she was asking someone for help. 
And she mm-hmm. never got a response from anybody. Like she reached out to several people and there was no response. And that just breaks my heart. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want people to think that we're too busy or that we don't have the time and space for them. And like just the thought of someone walking through their trial on their own, like that just breaks my heart. And I know that breaks the heart of God. Like he does not want that. He wants us to mourn with those who mourn and, and to walk alongside of them. And so that's kind of where it comes from on my end. And you work specifically with those in the prisons and those on my heart are kind of like those who are grieving and hurting and just going through those difficult seasons. Maybe they just had a diagnosis of a critical illness, or maybe maybe they saw this big move that was unexpected, or maybe they lost their job, or maybe they lost someone they really care about. And all of those are difficult. And one thing that you said that really strikes me is that when we are in those stronger seasons, we can make ourselves available, but also recognizing sometimes we're the ones that are in those difficult seasons and we don't have that capacity to reach out. Like we're just struggling so much that it takes all we have just to make it through the day. And the thought of reaching out to someone for help, like, <laughs> like that is just not within our reach at that moment. Absolutely not. And a lot of people don't realize that, especially like you said, when we go through our own trials, I mean, if we don't already have a community of support around us, we don't think it's not even a thought. We're just trying to get through the day, like you said. And then there's that other paradigm where even if you have a community of support around you, maybe the hurt came from someone within the community. Like you said, if you lost a loved one, if your mom was your confidant and you lost her, you know, if she was your support system or if there was a breach in trust or whatever, that has to be considered. I think that's where the heart of helping those who are hurting came from for me, actually feeling that deep betrayal and hurt from those who I thought was closest to me. So now not only do you lose the support because you're not sure who to trust or where the hurt comes from, but then you don't have anybody that you know that you can go to. So I absolutely agree with you that, you know, when we are strong, we should bear with those who need us. And then also recognizing that when we are the ones who are in the need seat, it's what I like to call it. Like, hey, I'm in the need seat today. So I love what you're doing. And I love that even though, you know, that person reached out and was not able to get anybody that they found you. And I pray that whoever's listening to this podcast knows that both you and I are those people who will be God's shining light. Because so many times we have to remember that, like you said, we are God's representatives. So it's almost like people don't show up for me it's almost like God's not showing up for me. And I don't want that for anybody. I've felt that before thinking that, you know, God isn't showing up for me. Even even without, you know, a season of hurting and deep pain, you can be praying about something and think, well, is God going to answer that prayer? Like, did he forget? So we don't want to allow the enemy that space, you know, to rack our minds with those extra heavy and extra burning kind of thoughts. We want you know, the presence of God and the love of God to really saturate our hearts and our minds and be filled and reminded of his love. And like you said, you know, along with reaching out, you know, it's hard to reach in, to reach into the Holy Spirit, to reach into prayer, to reach into your word, you know, especially if you don't already have that built up for you. And a lot of people don't. So it's not to to bag on people at all, but to really take a, a space and really be a sister in Christ. We need that community for sure. Yes, absolutely. So as I think about reaching out to those around us who are hurting, there are so many things that get in the way of that. And I've done a whole series on this. So we'll talk about it. But I think one of the things that I think about is that we are just so overwhelmed when we see someone who is hurting. Like we don't know what to say to them. We don't know what to do. We don't, we know we can't fix it for them necessarily. Like we can't bring back their loved one. We can't get their job back. We can't make the illness go away. 
And so we just feel so lost and so hopeless in reaching out to them in the first place. And so what would you say to someone who they want to reach out to someone who's hurting, like they have someone in their life who is struggling, like what would you say to them if they're coming from that place of overwhelm and how can I possibly help them? Well, I would say that you are an expert in your own experience. So nobody can take that away from you. If you're alive right now, whatever age you are, whatever life experience you've been through, you've made it through it, you're here. So you have something to offer them. So don't think that, you know, even though it may be hard or you want to be respectful to whatever hurt that they're experiencing, that you're unqualified because you're not. That's number one. We have to get that through our head because sometimes we'll tell ourselves like, well, like you said, you know, I've never lost a child. I don't know how to minister to that or to serve them. Or I've never lost a job or I've never had to have a a cross country move with a military husband and a new baby. I can't relate, but that you don't have to relate. Sometimes just being a support, being a listening ear is all that people need. And so I would say, First, know that you're, you are qualified, that you have experiences that can be there for them, that you can provide things such as support, consistency, a listening ear, um, an encouraging word. All of those things are universal. Kindness is universal. You do not have to be anybody special. You don't have to have a platform. You don't have to have a title in, in or outside of the church or anywhere. Like that is universal. A smile, making them laugh, all of those things, good to go. You will not hurt them. You will not be offensive. You will only help the situation. And I'm sure that they will appreciate it more than what they will be able to express. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing I would say is be consistent. If you say, okay, I'll call you later or I'll text you, whatever you have to do, put a reminder in your phone, put a note on your desktop, schedule the time. Like, don't be afraid to schedule the time. Um, We're in a virtual society and it is more common to say, hey, get on my calendar because people have so many moving parts inside and outside of their lives. It's okay. They will appreciate the consistency. They will appreciate the effort. They will honestly feel worthy. I know at one season when my dad was really hurting, he was walking through a major health challenges. It was surgery after surgery. I scheduled a time to call him every single day and I got to see the power of love bring healing to his life. And that's what this ultimately is. When somebody's hurting, if you're showering them with the power of love, accompanying with consistency, support, encouragement, and the best you have, they will see that effort. Now, remember, they're, they're going through hurt. So they may not praise you. And they may not say thank you. They may not express gratitude, but it's because their cup is being filled and they just don't have it right now. But I guarantee you on the other side of this, they will be able to see you. They will be able to respect you. They will come back to you. You will build a relationship in one of the deepest, darkest times of their lives. And they will be forever indebted and grateful to you for that. So that would be the second thing that I would say. And the third thing I would say, after all of those details, like, don't be afraid. They don't need you to be fearful right now. They don't need you to be careful right now. And I'm not saying be, you know, (laughs) rambunctious and get in there and do it. Like, no, 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 no. (laughs) But I am saying don't be afraid, okay? Because they need you more than what they probably can articulate. And honestly, you will gain from the experience as well because you are putting yourself in a position to allow Holy Spirit and the Lord to really work in you. You're giving him the position to say, Lord, give me the words to say, give me the right gestures. If we're in contact with each other, Um, let me know what to do. He'll put you on their mind to drop a kind word in their inbox. He will tell you, you know, their favorite candy to drop by their doorstep that they're socially. I mean, listen, there is no limit to what 
the creativity of the Holy Spirit can divinely inspire you to do. And there is no words for the level of impact that that will have. So don't sit on what you're able to do for other people. I think that kind of wraps up everything. With God on the inside of you, don't sit on that. Go to work. Amen. Yeah, I love that. And I have found that there are so many times when, you know, your friends may not remember the specifics of what you talked about or anything like that we did together, but they will remember that you showed up and Absolutely. That you were there. And that is what is important. Mm-hmm. It's your presence. It's, it's walking with them through their hurt. Even if you show up and just sit with them, like just how powerful is that sitting in a hospital waiting room when your loved one's back there in surgery and just seeing someone, you know, come in and just sit with you. I mean, they, you know what? They don't have to say anything. I mean, yeah, you could pray with them. You could try to have some of the conversation of well, what are you worried about? How can we help you? But even if that person were to just come in and sit next to you, like, man, how powerful is that? And that's hard for us to do. It's hard for us to go in and sit and be quiet. And just yes. for God to show up. <laughs> yes. Yes. We feel like we have to say something and that we have to do something. But no, you know, just just show up. I think it's just the speed of our Western culture. I think it's just moving fast, always having an answer, always needing to make motion and make. And and so just the stillness, I think that's why a lot of Christians struggle. And when you're, as you were talking about the power of presence, I thought about the scripture, be still and know that I am God. And sometimes I think what we should say is be still together. You know, married couples, be still together. Friends, be still together. New strangers becoming friends, be still together. There's so much power in presence. And I think we overlook the simplicity of it because we tr- we move so fast through life. Um, but you are so right. My sister going through one of the most challenging trials of her life right now. And I'm not able to physically be there. But technology, man, it has given us the opportunity to be there in ways that we otherwise wouldn't have. So no, I, like you said, I can't physically sit in the, in the hospital room with her, but I can send her little voice messages. I can send her little text messages. I can FaceTime her as if I was in the room. Um, and so I'm just dropping some other creative ideas because a lot of times I think we get limited in our thinking around what we can do to support a person and what ways presence can, can happen. But I'm telling you, technology has given us so many unique ways to share presence, even now. She and I are sharing presence and then we're going to share it in another dimension where you can hear us. And so, again, we're sharing a a shared space with you right now. And I just think that God would and God is shining on our efforts to be present with those who are hurting. Yes. Yes. So you focus specifically on those. Well, I should say your passion is for those who are in prison. So would you speak to us more about that? And you have a ministry geared specifically towards that. I do. I do. So the way that worked is I was in college and I had an aunt who I had not spoken to in 10 plus years. And she showed up back in the family with a circulating mugshot. And it was the most death defying picture I'd ever seen. I was like, wow, I remember her as a little girl. This time, you know, I'm a young lady in college. And I decided I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to reach out. And then I was like, well, she probably doesn't know who I am. Last time she seen me, I was like, what, eight, (laughs) you know? So I, you know, was going to call, but this is my limited thinking about prisons. I was like, hmm, she won't recognize my voice. I'm going to spend the whole time us talking, trying to convince her who I am. So I decided that a letter was best. So I, I pinned my first prisoner and it was an experience that changed my life. 
So we're going to fast forward through that whole story because there's a book called Letters to Inmate number 127039 that goes into that story. Fast forward through that story. She is out and she has a business where she helps felons to get jobs after they get out of prison so that they don't go back to prison for not getting a job. And so she's doing a phenomenal thing for the kingdom of God. She's doing awesome. I'm super proud of her. God did amazing work in her. But after she got out, my heart was still in. And I wanted to write prisoners because I'd done it for so long. And it, and it cultivated a passion and a compassion for those who are lost, who are broken, who are bound. And so the Lord dropped on my heart, pins to prison. I found two prisoners to write. And those two prisoners grew all the way to 31. We have uh, right now, uh, I couldn't do all the writing myself. And so I had to solicit writers. And that's where Pins to Prison came from. It came from a community of people who had the same passion to write prisoners. So what we do is we serve them through levels of correspondence. You can write just one prisoner. You can write two to three prisoners or you can write more. It's up to your preference. Or if you don't want to get relationship and write consistently, we have what we call like a prayer writing line where you just write prayers. All your letters are just written prayers to prisoners, and we send those in periodically. Um, and then I'm over the monthly Bible study, just in case, you know, writers get behind, life gets busy. We're making sure that every prisoner receives a letter from the ministry at least once a month. We try to do it more than once because that's why we assign individual writers. So the ministry has seen a lot of changes because prisoners are transforming. So when they transform, they tell another prisoner and as they tell another prisoner, that prisoner transforms. And then, and so we continue to grow. And so God is just doing an amazing thing. A lot of people ask me, so have you been there? Have you seen them? The answer is no. For my safety, for the safety of my family and of the community, I don't release anybody's name or anybody's picture. Now, prisoners do send stuff to us all the time. But it's only my name and only my likeness related to the uh, ministry. And we use uh, false names and we, we have a list of confidentiality where we walk people through like, hey, don't release, you know, identifying factors about your identity, your life, your children, because we are writing people. Some of them get out. We have had prisoners who we've written, they get out. So there are prisoners. I think we have four people on death row right now. So um yeah, we also write in different languages. We, I think we have about three different languages. So we have people that translate their letters from English to different types of Spanish. And we, we actually have more of an international community than we have a national community. So it's just, it is, I could go for days. <laughs> and I, I'm stopping myself because I see myself going and going and going. But no, seriously, it's, it's been an amazing time in Christ to see the power of the written word transform a life. I mean, it's phenomenal. And we're talking about presence, as you say, you know, the encouragement that you give and encouraging those that are hurting. I think we forget to have compassion for prisoners. Like when you look at a prisoner as somebody who made a bad decision, whether knowingly or unknowingly, because not all of them are guilty. But that's another conversation. If you look at a prisoner <laughs> as a person who made a bad decision and who didn't have what they needed, and that's why they made the bad decision as somebody who has grace then you can see their transformation in a totally different way as somebody who committed a crime, right? So it's been a phenomenal time. God is amazing. And he just, he needs a little effort. It doesn't take a lot. When we started this ministry, we were handwriting letters. And I think that the handwriting level gives another level of personality. So think about that when you write somebody a card, handwrite them a note, you know, we can type it and we can buy a cute card, but handwrite them or at least sign it. Now, because we have so many letters going out, 
We have to do, there's an email system. There's several. The main one we use is called JPay, where we can, it's like an email system. So where you log into Google, you sign into your account, and you have emails waiting for you. JPay is sort of like that. It's, uh, it only allows them to see your name on their side, but they can send you graphics, little memes, videos. Um, we restrict ours to letters or the little postcards, but it's just a beautiful thing. A lot of people don't understand it. They say, why would you do it? You know, and it's because they're hurting. A lot of them truthfully were hurting before they made the bad decisions that put them in the life predicament that they were in. And I always tell people to remain humble by saying, you know, like we all have sin. We all have wrongdoing. They just got caught. <laughs> like yes. that's just the difference. <laughs> they just got caught. It, it's phenomenal. And I'm, and I'm grateful to be in a position to, to help people that are hurting that their particular need is they're most often forgotten. People, you know, out of sight, out of mind, out of society, almost below society, actually. So they're forgotten. You know, think about somebody thrown in a cage and you don't see them, you don't hear from them, you don't have contact. So it's kind of a, a mental disregard. And so showing up in the form of a letter and then also, like you, like I said, we send books, makes them feel seen. It makes them feel visible to God. It makes them feel not forgotten and not less than we restore a sense of humanity from the inside or well, we're from the outside to the inside yeah I imagine being in that place not only would you be dealing with all the emotions of being there in the first place but feeling judged and feeling forgotten about and maybe your family doesn't come visit you or whatever like just feeling very lonely and like what is that like to be in that place and you know Jesus, Jesus calls us to go and visit those in prisons he calls us to visit those who are sick and I I do think it's so easy to forget about those, those who don't have any homes, those who don't have any jobs and like just to cast that judgment on them of whatever, you know, mm -hmm. instead of showing that compassion and grace. And, you know, I, I can think back to my own life and just choices that I made that were just so foolish. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we're not honoring to God. I mean, like, he's so gracious and so forgiving and has redeemed so many things in my life. And he can do the same thing for prisoners and those who are going through other difficulties. And Absolutely that power of showing up through the written word. I love that specifically because that's one of the things that I focus on in spiritual direction. A lot of spiritual directors will meet face-to-face -face or over Zoom or something like that, but I have chosen to focus on written communication and those just sending letters back and forth to women who are struggling because sometimes, you know what, they need that time and space to reflect before responding back to someone. They need that time with God. They need that time to pray before like being able to answer a question or see how God's showing up and just that power of the word through letters, whether it's through direction or whether it's through reaching out to someone who's hurting or sending a card to someone who's hurting. Um, they seem like such little gestures sometimes, you know, what writing to your compassion kid who's over in the Philippines or in Africa or whatever, just the power of the letter can make such a huge difference. Absolutely. And I love that you're doing that for the women that you're working with, because first that's needed, like you said, because it gives them space with the encouragement to really resonate with it. Sometimes when we talk to people, we're almost talking at them. And it's kind of like you said, they may not even remember what you said, but that letter. And that's why that letter is so powerful. And that we really focus on getting letters directly to prisoners. There are a lot of ministries that show up and they do things once a week. But I believe this one is phenomenal in the sense that those letters stay with them, whether they go to another prison, whether they get transferred, when they get out, like they have that always with them. And I love that. And I appreciate that prisoners 
prison systems rather give us that freedom to connect with them in that way. And so I know you sending, taking your time to really craft the words that will minister to those hearts are bringing healing. There is so much power in the written word because it brings about imagery. And so we can really reshape people's reality just by words and especially written words, because like I said, they're not fleeting. We, we don't have the power to forget them. And if we do, that's great because we can go and reopen that encouragement. It's like, it's like, think about it like Amazon Prime or Target <laughs> or Starbucks. Like you order this thing, you kind of forgot about it. And then there it is. It shows up as this little surprise. And then when it gets back, you know, <laughs> when, when you open it, you're like, it, I have it. It's mine. You know, I can keep it. So I'm glad that you're doing that and that you're separating yourself because that isn't a very much needed area for people who are walking these journeys that are difficult. Have you ever felt like the pressure of when you sit down to write a letter of like saying just the right thing or like having to share, like you've got to share that one truth that's just going to change their lives. And like, what do you say to people? Because I know that's a challenge. Like they don't want to sit down and write a letter or a note because they feel like they have to say just the right thing. That's going to impact that person. Like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I give myself a break. Sometimes I have to like write. If I find myself like I'm writing, whether I'm writing in pen or I'm typing, if I'm crumbling the paper up, throwing it away, or if I'm, you know, typing and I'm deleting, typing, deleting, I'm like, okay, I'm putting too much pressure on myself. I can't write like that. I have to take a step away, especially if it's a deadline. Oh, but I would say to someone, truthfully, you're going to pour out what needs to be poured in. I, you got to get with Holy Spirit. You got to get with God and just give that deep breath. And once you do, your pen or your keyboard will lead to what you need to say. Sometimes ministering to that very hurting thing is focusing not on the thing, but on the solution. And so a lot of times I try to write to the answer. Like if I was writing them the letter or the note that solved their issue, or if we're celebrating the triumph through the dark time, what would that say? And that gives a, like an encouraging celebratory tone that I think is very uplifting in a dark time. Because sometimes people can't see the way out. Like they can't see how it's going to get better. They, they can't figure out what way or when, like you said, like, okay, I lost my job. Like, when am I going to get another one? Where is it going to come from? And what's going to happen in the meantime to my bills and my needs? Or, you know, I'm going through this critical illness and the doctors are saying it doesn't look good. So writing a letter that changes the narrative or repositions their focus, to me, that helps a lot. Because like I, like you said, you want to just hit the nail on the head. You want to just give them this awe-inspiring just explosion, and it just doesn't always come as readily. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so writing to the answer um, or the solution helps, directing the attention there. And, and, and saying that to say, when you are present with people, you know, sometimes not talking about the issue helps them deal with the issue because they've been sitting with it, you know, as a part of their life and their identity. And that's what happens a lot when we write prisoners. People tell, ask me, you know, do they tell you what they did or why they're in? But yeah, sometimes they do. Sometimes they just share, you know, and sometimes that's what they want to talk about. That's what they want to work through. But most times, no, they don't. And I don't ask because I don't want to know. So it's, it's kind of a balance of letting them lead. With prison ministry, we, we initiate the conversations and then they tend to take over themselves or what they want to talk about or explore in the word or whichever way. And I could imagine you being more of the leader in your, in your interactions of how that works. So I'm sure you're writing some, some dope stuff though. I know, I know <laughs> <Thank> it. <you. laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, on my end of things, I, I do like, I try to ask questions and point in a certain direction, but it is following their leading too. Like, what is it that Holy Spirit's laying on their heart? Even if it seems completely disconnected from what we were just talking about, if God laid it there, like, let's, let's explore that. Like, why, why did he lay it there? Why is that coming up in your mind all the time? Even though it was like 20 years ago, why does that memory keep popping up for you? You know? And so following their leading when it is that correspondence, whether it's through the prisons or through direction or just through to a friend or a family member who can't get out and you want to write a letter to them. Um, I think that's, that's a good, that's a good way to do it. Just follow their leading, see what they're comfortable with. And really I have found that even though like I sit down and write a note that does not seem like it's any big deal, you know, like, Hey, I was thinking about you. Here's a Bible verse. <laughs> like, and not feeling like the Bible verse is even that like appropriate for what they were going through, but it's feeling like I needed to write it down. And then hearing back from them saying, you know what, that verse, like God just used that verse to speak to me. And I was like, okay, well, that was, that was all God. Cause I didn't feel particularly led when I, when I wrote that card, I didn't feel like I was sharing anything that was so, so powerful that would impact them. It was just, it was just a card. It was just saying, Hey, I was thinking about you and I'm praying for you. And I know it's a, it's a hard time right now. I just don't want you to know I'm here. Absolutely. And, th- and that's the way it works. A lot of times the things that we don't think are important or powerful they have the ability to really explode on the inside of the person, you know, and, and God does that. He will drop it in our spirit and we think meaningless. And so I would say lean into that. Like, don't think, oh, it's just a text message. No, it's a timely text message that needs to be sent when it needs to be sent because you don't know what's going to happen on the other side of that text message, right? Like, you don't know if they're sitting crying in that moment or they're having a really low place or if the enemy is fighting them in their mind. Like, you don't know what they're experiencing. So sending that on time, in time word is perfect. Yes. Well, Jennifer, you have a couple of books out now, don't you? A couple? Two? Yes, I do. Yes, I'll start those. Okay. Um, so one of my books is called Girl Stop and Speak Affirmations for the Life You Want to Live. So if you are uh, find yourself in a hurting place or recovering and you want to speak life, be rebuilding your self-esteem, your self-identity, I wrote that book for you to have affirmations for a relationship with yourself, speaking over relationships with others, and also relationship with your emotions. Those are powerful for women. We need that. And so I give you power pack, biblically based um, affirmations to speak life because we need that. Sometimes we don't have the words. We know we should be speaking positively. We know we should be speak, saying what God said, but we don't know what he said and we don't know what to say. So I eliminated that. And I have this cute little book that has those words and affirmations ready for you by topic. Things like confidence, academics. I'm trying to think. So that's one of the books. And right now, I'm in the middle of a pre-order launch for my latest book. It's called The Power of the Secret Place, How to Cultivate an Intimate Prayer Life. And that book is going to help you in so many ways grow a deeper and richer experience in your prayer time. I mean, God is really going to become your best friend and you're really going to move from a place of just asking God things or rattling off a to-do list to really enacting the power of prayer that God ordained for you to have in your life. So that's available for pre-order right now. Definitely want to get that. Another one of my books is called Letters to My Molester. Now, this book is, I saved it for last because we're talking about women who are hurting, grieving, going through, needing spiritual direction. That was a time in my life that I needed spiritual direction more than any other time. It was so many words, but the key word that I would say is healing, okay? It was a journey of gratitude, a journey of forgiveness to freedom. And it is my story. It's a compilation of letters that led me to the ultimate freedom which is being able to let go and to walk tall and free and whole in who I am 
and really move past that situation. And so I believe that would really resonate with a lot of women in your audience because more, I think the statistics are three out of five women have been sexually assaulted. Two out of five have been raped or um, sexually abused to some degree. So whether you ever say it outside of your mouth, I never have to know. She never has to know, has to know, but you can go on my website, purchase that book and walk through my journey as it leads you to your own freedom. Uh, we will include a coupon code for our listeners to save mm-hmm. 50% off any book. 50% off. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. So check the show notes for that. As far as resources for me, I would love to invite you to my website, lovedoesthat.org. There is a like a self-led retreat that women can lead themselves through called When God Says No. And so it kind of, it, it goes off that basis of, you know, you have this prayer request that you've brought before God. And it doesn't seem like he's going to answer it the way that you want him to. And so how do you sit in that disappointment? And what is he trying to do through that? And so there's a little retreat guide there. But the one that I want to focus on is I have a Courageous Care Masterclass that just released maybe a month ago. And it is a series of four sessions that walks you through uh, this care framework of courageously reaching out to those around you and doing it in a way that's authentic to you and relying on Holy Spirit's direction And also being mindful of the other person, because sometimes I feel like we reach out in ways that are just, well, this is how God wired me to do it. And so because I'm this way, that's how I'm going to do it. But we don't stop to think, well, is that actually meaningful to the other person? Like, is that helpful to them right now? And so it just kind of walks you through some of those questions. But um, the class is available on the website. But if you grab the free guide called Breaking Through the Fear of Reaching Out, you can get a 30% off coupon through that. And that guide really walks you through the top five obstacles I feel like stop us from reaching out in the first place. These are things I've seen in my own life. There are things I've seen in women and men around me of just things that stop us in our tracks and paralyze us from actually taking that action and helping someone that we know is hurting and struggling. And so um, I'll put the link to that free guide in the show notes below as well. And really, I mean, Jennifer and I are both here to help you guys walk through any of this stuff through prayer, emailing us, you know, whatever. We love to write. Both of us love to write. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I would love to, to talk with you through that. Jennifer, this has been so good. It has. I really enjoyed talking with you and I, I've learned we have a lot more in common than what I even initially thought. So I love that. I love what you're doing. I know that you are changing lives for the kingdom and that you are really being an assistant to the healing process and to the spiritual direction and leading of Holy Spirit for the women that really need it. So I'm just, I'm so glad of what you're doing. And it's just amazing. Many, many blessings to you and all that you are anointed to prosper and do and I'm just excited I, I, I'm happy for you this has been great thank you. thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it this time yes it's been so much fun chatting with you and, and we do have a lot in common and I'm so excited for the women that will be listening to this too because I feel like there are so many little practical things that we can learn uh, from our conversation and so Jennifer do you mind as we close would you mind just praying for us all absolutely absolutely Let's go to the Father. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this beautiful podcast that's set up. I thank you, Father God, for your daughter who's leading, who is being a spiritual director. Bless the work of her hands and help her to say the words at the right time to the right people in the right way. Continue to download your words of encouragement and empowerment so that she can help people through 
various ways of being present and being there as support and community to others to help them find you. We pray, Father God, that we always focus on you. We always lean into what you have called us to do, what you're leading us to do, what you want us to do. Thank you for administering to the hurt and the broken, the lost, the forgotten. Thank you for remembering us, Father, and for helping us to feel loved and complete and that you have us. And thank you for helping us to walk in faith, to know that not only do you have us where we are, but also where we're going. Thank you for helping us to be whole and healthy in you. And we thank you that there are many blessings and many power and your love and your angelic host surrounding this work that both of us are doing. And Father God, through it all, we'll give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. We pray over every woman listening that you give her a special divine blessing just from you that shows that um, you are with her, that you are guiding her, that you are healing her, that you are supporting her, that you are being the ultimate God who you are that you are present, that she is not alone, that you are fighting for her, that the darkness is being pushed back and that light and clarity is hers both now and forevermore. We thank you, God, for being who you are and we love you, we lift you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.